Good morning and welcome to Balboa Park. I am Nikos Balboa and I'm a trans man, Italian, living in France for more than 20 years. I am a mom since I have a teen daughter and I'm a tattooist and I do graphic novels in Italy and in France. And in this podcast, I want to talk about the creative process. Do you ever get joy and anxiety entangled? Well, not entangled at the same time, since I'm pretty sure that one can't exist if the other is present. But for me, sometimes um, it happens like this. I start something out of an impulse of joy only because I want to do it. I am a Sagittarian rising. And then I got stuck in checking its performance and second-guessing and doubting about my first impulse. For example, for this podcast, and by the way, seventh episode, everyone, Yoo-hoo! I started casually because I wanted to do a podcast since a long time and I didn't felt very entitled to do it. And also, it seems to me something very technical, very difficult. Then I started this Substack account and there is something in the design of the pages and the functionalities that gave me the confidence to do it. Sometimes for me, it's just a matter of having two nice colors, theme, templates, in a cool graphic design, and I'm on. It started low-key. I wanted and want to tell about all I feel as a person who's interested in observing all the feeling and emotion, even the uncomfortable one, and as an artist. I use the term artist such someone that gained their life with drawing. In my case, it's tattooing, comics, selling, prints uh, or t-shirts. Um, I use it in the same way as you, I would say, addresser for somebody who cut the air. There is no judgment around artist or what it is. It's just someone who makes art. So. I was saying, I started the podcast in a very candid way. And then I received the first well-meant email notification from Substack that told me something like, good job, you are on the good track. And then they also sent me an email with stats. And so I realized that it was very easy to access the stats. I mean the performance of the post and um, all the infos on my Substack podcast page. And maybe about after episode four, I started to dig in. I saw how many people opened the email, how many clicked, and also I could see the names of the two people who decided to unsubscribe since I started my Substack. And so I low-key panicked. 
I continued recording the episode out of an impulse of joy or wanted to talk about something like today. But as soon as the episode was posted, the joy disappeared and the stats were my go-to. So I started thinking, does looking at the stats will change what I do in the long run? Will change why I do it? Indeed, I asked myself why I do it. I feel it's important to address it now before I lose momentum. Because only being clear in the why, I mean the motivation, will keep me going despite of all those stats that will present to me. Like the moment I'm talking right now, I have around 200 to 300 people receiving and listening this podcast. Hi to you. Thank you for not unsubscribing. I mean, it's easy to start something out of an impulse or out of an initial motivation, but it's also easy and common to let the new motivation fade little by little as the momentum slows down. I was reading Ode Uspensky in Search of the Miraculous, in which the author followed the philosopher George Gurdjieff and write down all his ideas. And I came across what Gurdjieff called the law of seven, or some, someone say the law of uh, octave. And it goes like, he quotes Gurdjieff, explaining that the laws was known to ancient science and was expressed in a formula which was handed down from teacher to pupil, from one school to another. In very remote times, one of these schools found that it was possible to apply this formula to music. In this way was obtained the seven-tone musical scale, which was known in the most distant antiquity, then forgotten and then discovered or found again. The seven-tone scale is the formula of a cosmic law which was worked out by ancient school and applied to music. This means the structure of the octave is the same with seven notes as two semitone intervals between mi and fa and si and do. And stick with me while Uspensky explained that these semitone intervals are a retardation of vibration. And when this semitone, aka retardation of vibration, takes place, causing a deviation from the original direction of the tones, so that instead of going in a straight line, the vibration veers off. So, if we imagine the octave from do to do, like when you play music, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, si, do, as a straight line, well, actually, is not a straight line because between each note there is one tone, but between mi and fa and between the last si and do, 
there is not a, a tone but a semitone. So Gurdjieff said that the law of seven shows why straight lines never occur in our activities. Why, having begun to do one thing, we in fact constantly do something entirely different, often the opposite of the first. Although we do not notice this and we continue to think that we are doing the same thing that we began to do. And he continues, a man, oh yeah, of course, for Gurdjieff, man mean man and woman. Anyway, a man learned to apply to his own activity the method which cosmic forces make use of in creating additional shocks at the moments necessary. So, okay, for, for him, like, you can only go back on track when you receive a shock. A shock that you can give yourself or a shock that universe can give you. So, I mean, do I have to receive shocks in order to stay motivated and all? Actually, I hope not. <laughs> I, I guess that there is a way of keeping our momentum, our vibration, or our notes of octave going in the cool direction. And in addiction to reading the Uspensky book, some years ago I also came across this Simon Sinek TED Talk. Um, maybe I will put the link in the show notes, but if you don't have the time or to check in, the link here, what he says, actually, before I have to tell you, he talks more about, you know, brands and communication or marketing or stuff like this. Uh, and even though I don't care about having this in the podcast, because I'm not here to sell you, but only to talk about the motivation and the creative process, there is something interesting in it. Because Sinek's theory is that successfully communicating the passion behind the why is that is a way to communicate with the listener limbic brain. This is the part of our anatomy that processes feeling such as trust and loyalty, as well as decision making. If I can translate. Having your why clear in your head, feeling the why you are doing something is for me like a wheel from which I drive my motivation. Oh my, what is this metaphor? The wheel of my motivation. I drive my motivation with the wheel of my why. Anyway, I guess I'm, I'm leaving it because I can't find another way of explaining it. So... Why do I keep doing, keep drawing, for example, or keep recording the, this podcast or anything? Why do I do it? I guess that I'm going to try to discover. Oh, this is this thinking is so huge that I I'm yawning because like I'm exhausting all, only by thinking about it. <laughs> I'm going to try to discover it while I talk in here. 
the why. Why do I do things? Why do I create? Why do I start project? Um, the first thing I could think of is probably I rely on drawing, on creativity so much because um, I guess it's the boat in which I navigate through life experience. OMG. Am I on fire with the metaphors this morning? Um, the why is my will and the, and the creativity is my boat. Anyway, <laughs> oh my. I also create to feel legitimate as an artist. Like the amount of work I put in is equal the legitimacy. And I mean, isn't all about legitimacy? Feeling entitled to create while hoping that what we create will create human connection and therefore healing us and also other. I would say that the point in creating is to create connection also with others and also create it create to heal and then there is also what i'm observing about my life since forever um if i'm not drawing if i'm not creating i some kind of freeze um since i'm i'm a trans man and i've been socialized as a female since forever i've learned to canalize my hyperactivity in indoor apparently calm activities like drawing for example and family my family always used to say about me as a child oh you were so calm we could give you pens and colors and paper and you could draw calmly for hours actually if a kid can manage to stay hours in an activity, maybe is not so calm, in, but it's, they are just maybe canalizing some hyper-focusing or hyper-activity. So yes, canalizing my frantic energy into one activity funnel, such drawing, make me feel good, yes, but also like... Back then, I didn't have the choice to create in order to avoid explosion. I often have this adjective using, uh, used about me. Like in junior high, when I was like, even before, like when I was at school, I don't know how to say it in English, like when I was eight or uh, high school and university or even later in life. Often people say to me, Oh, you have a volcanic creativity. And even if, if it was meant as a compliment, I guess, it always feel like an insult to me. Like I didn't want to explode like a volcano. Were I able to stop creating? Well, not until now. And will I be able to stop one day? I'm not sure. So let's recap the why I do what I do. Uh, you know, the boat in which I navigate through life experience. <laughs> that maybe I can summarize it as a 
sense of safety. So I create for having a sense of safety and then a sense of legitimacy and connection and healing, but also avoiding freezing, paralysis, ADHD paralysis. And I create as a way of canalizing the energy. And I would also add the, the fun of telling a story. So this way goes in everything in my life. Am I the most talented at drawing or other artistic media? Not at all. But we already talk about how useless is to judge and compare what we do, right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, go check the previous episodes. And sometimes I wish my brain would work in a neutral and linear way. I wish I would be someone who can just study and learn a technique and calmly create quality art. Honestly, instead of a volcano, I would like to be a lake. But I can't because I can't settle my head in only one thing for too long. So, since I can't stay in one discipline for too long, when I'm there, I have to dig deeply. I used to have a big shame about this way I have of jumping from painting to graphic journaling and then to tattooing and also teaching the graphic journaling, but also even changing specific interest after I felt I arrived at a certain point of comprehension. Friends, even in a kind way, used to laugh at my very new interest or for a, you know, a certain author or a certain sport or some discipline, I don't know. And I couldn't own it, so I faked a smile and amazement, but I felt uh, some kind of like I was superficial. Actually, now at 44, I can claim it loud and proud. I am not superficial. My brain is just wired differently. And the way my brain goes made me accomplish also some cool things. I wish I could have known about my way of functioning back then because feeling shameful of who we are is exhausting. I mean, for years, I could understand the reason I couldn't stay fixed in only one discipline or another. For years, I couldn't understand the reason I couldn't stay fixed in only one discipline or maybe one or two. And I wish that I could be like a genius or a Capricorn. But now I know I'm just a Cancerian with ADHD. And one last thing. We talk about doing all sorts of things and feeling good about doing them. But there is also, when the brain can't work, the fatigue and anxiety creep in and we freeze. Is the productivity a way to survive? But when there is no productivity, is it possible to feel that we are worthy anyway? Uh, well, for me and for everyone, accomplished things is a way to have a dopamine release. 
and ADHD is very related to dopamine release. So in some way, productivity or task accomplishing may seem a way to survive or at least live well. What is the last point of my why of creativity list? Maybe I could, I could say survival. Let me know what you think about all this. And maybe in one future episode, we can talk about what's happening when we aren't productive. Are we in danger? I hope not. But this is a whole another subject, maybe for the next episode. Thank you for sticking with me until this. And as I said before, thank you for not unsubscribing. (laughs) But if you feel you want to unsubscribe, unsubscribe, it's okay. And maybe one day you will come back. Um, Don't forget to rate the show on your favorite platform or send me a comment or a message or even consider to subscribe to Substack. And if you want to dig deeper in what I say, you can go and have a a small tour on my website, which is nicodsbalboastudio.com. In there, you will find all the infos, all the links, and also a portfolio to my works and tattoos. Have a nice day. Bye-bye.